welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 125. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Enterprise's second season episodes, The Seventh, The Communicator, and Singularity. Here we go. The Seventh, Season 2, Episode 7, Production Number 207. Original air date, November 6, 2002. Directed by David Livingston, written by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. Music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast includes Stephen Mindillo as Vulcan Captain Tavik, Bruce Davison as Minos, and Richard Wharton as Jocelyn. When DePaul is assigned a secret mission by the Vulcan High Command, she asks Archer to accompany her. The captain is surprised by her request, but agrees, especially when T'Pol reveals that there is a personal side to the mission. Many years ago, T'Pol was sent to retrieve a single rogue Vulcan operatives. operatives. She was able to apprehend all but one of them, a man known as Minos. Now the Vulcans believe they have located Minos, and they want T'Pol to bring him in. Why did you want me here? Because I trust you. Then trust me. You were sent to apprehend him, not to judge him. The seventh. Um, Steve, why don't you start us off on the seventh? All right. Um, yeah, it took me a little bit to remember which one this was, but then as we got going, um, I recalled, and uh, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, there's definitely this mystery. There's uh, elements of to Paul's past that are revealed and uh and that's interesting and then the whole idea of a uh you know basically a rogue Vulcan and all of that um kind of again uh going along with the theme of there's more to the Vulcan's past and uh than we knew prior to Enterprise and uh so I, I think it's a I think it's a reasonably uh, interesting episode and it's it has its moments it's fun yeah, I would agree. I like the um, the the rogue the the way they they train the operatives. You wouldn't think that of um, the Vulcans from you know the 24th century. So the operative thing, them training them and assimilating them into different cultures to infiltrate you know undercover sting operations was an interesting twist for um, Vulcans. Everybody at home, ask your neighbor if they like some plumbing soup. And then if they give you a double take, wonder, wonder they might be plants, <laughs> undercover agents. Um, hmm. Yeah, you know, I think this 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 episode is a cool has some cool ideas. Like if I just read the a, a short synopsis of this episode, I, I would probably be interested. Um, and they, you know, they go pretty far. With this backstory for DePaul, if 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 nothing else, you know, it reminds me why she's probably the most, you know, interesting and and certainly she's the most complex character on this show. You know, she's the character on this show that that goes through the most and we learn the most about in in that way. You know, um, as far as dynamics and, ch- and the, the way the character changes. Yeah, um, I would I would certainly argue that's the case far more than say archer or anybody even even sato she's kind of done all the changing that she's going to do you know um 
but there's all we all we're always learning new things about Tapal and, and and especially her past and uh, and I think that that aspect of it is interesting and that that kind of keeps it going. Um, but I think there are, there are a lot of spots in this episode where it kind of drags a bit. Boy, we spent a lot of time in that bar, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And 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 Bruce Davison is a fine actor, but I I mean he's really good. He's like, you know, he's a he's a really awesome actor, and I mean he does big movies and stuff. And he's um, I'm sure it was a coup that they got him here, but I don't know that they gave him that much to do. Um, pretty much if it wasn't her to Paul talking about her past and remembering these things or um, it tended to kind of drag for me. Even that, you know, we go back, we have those flashbacks. Maybe there's just one too many times of the flashbacks, but when she tells the story about this, about this, um, this ritual that uh, the Vulcans have where when you're unable to, what was it she she oh she because she was wasn't able to um get over the emotions of it she went through a ritual where she also you know was was made to forget mm-hmm. those things, the entire everything that happened you know that that's interesting and that says a lot about her character that you know what she was going through then that she had to do that um Maybe it's kind of implied that you know if it happened to her now she wouldn't because she's older and, and wiser and maybe could handle it better. But you know there seems to be this every, every time she says a sentence in this episode it seems to be filled with you know a great deal of emotion just under the surface that's, mm-hmm. that's bubbling up and ready to explode. And I and I like that you know she plays that sort of thing well. Um, I think that's why they they've started writing that sort of stuff for her more and more because she does it well um and again getting back to what I, how i started this analysis is that uh, you know it just reminds me that she is the most complex character on the show in that sense and that's always going to be dramatically interesting of course um go ahead um i was gonna say i'm i think maybe i might have um preferred a different approach with um who Minos, the character you were talking you were saying that Minos. Earlier. Minos you were talking yeah. about earlier. They didn't give him really much to do. Yeah. Because um I I don't know, maybe watching the episode, you just didn't really believe him. You knew he was was lying and manipulating her. And I don't know, even there there was kind of a mystery, is she kind of not remembering things right or anything like that. So but um I don't know, I just didn't find myself really believing him, even though I'd seen this episode before. It's this may I'm I was thinking maybe instead of them having this, you know, memory purge thing, maybe just them knowing each other or being more of a personal nature, maybe they worked together undercover or something might have been a little bit more interesting than yeah. this mystery of whether or not he's bad or not might have worked a little bit better. Well and I think in the same way too, um I don't know that you had to I know this is this this is standard Star Trek fair, but you know, at the end making it so black or white that he was in fact the villain all along, you know, mm-hmm. by showing this uh, the bio weapons or whatever they were. You know, I think if you'd I think if you'd kept that a little bit less on the nose and kept that question mark there a little bit, um otherwise it just makes it a little bit too easy, you know. Right. It 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 wraps everything up into such a pretty bow, and even that that bad memory that she has, where she's always wondered if maybe he wasn't really going for a weapon. Well, yeah, he probably was because they were smugglers. Now yeah. we know for definitively that they were smugglers. You know, 
so by taking the mystery out of that, um, it, it just takes a lot of the power away from it for me. And, and again, I know that was par for the course, certainly at that time. Maybe if they were making this episode today, every, every, you know, everything would have been a little, little bit more gray, a little bit less black or white. Um, but that's, that's something that kind of held, held his character back and held her, not, not back, but you know what I mean? Like it, it, it held, held the show back from being more effective. It held her character back from being more interesting. Well, I think, yeah, we think we all agreed on the complaints that are kind of drug at times with Mm -hmm. that kind of that plot line. Like, is he, you know, is he manipulating her or, you know, because it felt kind of weird. It's like. They, there's so much buildup to okay, this the mystery of what this mission is going to be. Are you going to tell me no? The Admiral Force is going to give you a call, and you're just going to do what he says. Oh no, you know. Finally, she goes and sees, and she says, uh, "We're going to need cold weather gear and some weapons." And like, what's going on? You know, it's all this buildup, buildup, and then finally she goes and tells him this whole long story and all this extra buildup and how I got close once, ten years ago or something. I was ten. 10 meters away, I don't remember what it was, something like that. And finally, and they go in there, and they all go in this bar, and two two minutes later, he's in handcuffs. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. And then that's that's um, pretty much the rest of the episode. He's he's handcuffed, you know? Yeah, I think I would have preferred a portrayal. Like, she actually knew this guy, who he was. She worked with him, and they, he kind of just went rogue and betrayed her. Would have been a little bit more interesting a story. Mm-hmm. There's too much buildup for what the, the payoff's not enough or something too because I mean yeah. she's going through all this stuff and yeah I mean not not to downplay the magnitude of killing somebody but uh, the it it's it was just such a big deal you kind of expect the whole thing behind all this to be to be a more tra- a tragic traumatic thing than what it was or something to me I don't know yeah yeah so that's all the stuff that 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 held this episode back for me and I think what it it didn't make it a bad episode. It just made it feel a little bit by the numbers, and it, you know, it it seems like maybe there was an opportunity for it to be something more, and it and it really never was. Um. So this one is, if it weren't for learning more about Tapal and and especially how she, how she was before, and you know, it was so important to her to purge this emotion that she was, she went through a ritual to purge the memory. Uh, yeah, that says so much about her character. If it weren't for that insight into her character, um, then this episode would almost be throwaway for me. Not and not because it's bad, but just because it would be kind of meaningless in the annals of Star Trek and Enterprise in particular. So it's not. It's I'm not at all saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's um, frequently unremarkable, <laughs> which is. I don't know. Depending on what kind of mood you're in, it might be worse. <laughs> um, you guys got anything for what this episode's about? Well, I guess you have. It's a lot to have to do with trust. Um, you know, her trust in in Archer. I think they're they're, they're still building upon that relationship. But if you go a little bit further, it's about I don't know coming to terms with one's emotions. Um, really, I mean, you know, you see DePaul, she kind of unravels because she wasn't able to handle these emotions at one point in her life and she had to repress them. And, um, you know, maybe repression is just not the best way to go. You have to deal with your emotions. 
Yeah, I think I think that the fact that it's it is kind of broad and it's about all those things, like is so often the case with these when it's um when they're trying to do too much in terms of what it's about, it's all those things, and you have trouble identifying what the most significant thing it's about is. That kind of is indicative of when when they didn't you know implement. They didn't have a clear enough well. idea. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Starting it, yeah. Yeah, so much of the time, if, you, if it's one idea done simply is, is more effective. It really is. Do you guys, so what, you know, you guys like this episode? Or do you, you know, like, yeah. you kind of yeah, say the same I like it me. fine. Maybe you liked it a little more than me? Um, I liked it fine. Maybe, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. The character stuff's good. I mean, a lot of the scenes with Archer and DePaul are, are very good. There's the amusing moments with them um, on the Enterprise with... Tucker, you know, you know, the having to be the captain and make all his yeah. decisions. It's kind of amusing. So the answer to all his decision making. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get back, get back to you. Yeah. yeah. I think I think some of the action scenes help it a little bit too because, you know, it's obviously it's a higher budget type episode, you know. I mean there there's some you know, there's a fair amount of production value and there's you know, decent shootouts and some energetic moments. I think that helps it a little bit, you know. I like the look of it when they were landing their shuttle, but I can't. I couldn't help but be reminded of uh, Broken uh, Bow. That yeah, seems like that it was, it was a similar kind of thing. Um, cold weather landing out there in the snow and that same kind of look. So that maybe that made it feel a little bit less original, but it did look cool, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, Minos. Is that the name of? A, I should have looked this up. Is that the name of a planet or something? I don't know. Probably. Um, it feels like it. I don't know. Uh, um, it's funny. This episode's called the seventh, and I think it's the seventh episode of this. <laughs> this yeah, season. yeah. That's funny. Um, but presumably, it's called the seventh because he was the seventh prisoner she was supposed to grab. Mm. Um, all right. Um, let's move on to. Six degrees for the seventh. Let's see. Steve, you started the discussion, so how about you go first? Okay. Bruce Davison plays the Vulcan that doesn't look like a Vulcan named Minos. In Voyager's third season, he played Jareth in the episode where Torres seems to remember vivid dreams for an event she never experienced involving a Romeo and Juliet type story um, with uh, Jareth's daughter. Name the title of this episode, which happens to be a single word that I said earlier during this question. <laughs> um, I remember the episode. Boop, boop, boop. You said it's a one-word title? That's correct. Mm. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Mr. Caesar. <laughs> I guess I can't have the question repeated. <laughs> I'll repeat the question. Sure. All right. Bruce Davison plays the Vulcan that doesn't look like a Vulcan named Minos. In Voyager's third season, he played Jareth in the episode where Taurus seems to remember vivid dreams for an event she never experienced involving a Romeo and Juliet type story with Jareth's daughter. Name the title of this episode, which happens to be a single word that I said earlier during this question. I still don't even have it, even after you repeated it. Um, I don't Taurus? No. What does Spock say uh, just before he goes? No, remember. Yeah. Remember. That's correct. <laughs> I, didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't even have to finish the Spock. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Adam? David Merrill Richards plays the Mark. Kalian Dockmaster that knows a good arrest warrant when he sees one. He previously previously portrayed this same character in a scene that was cut from an episode of Enterprise. 
In the show that he was cut from, Archer and Sato talked to him while searching for information about the Klingon named Klang. Name that episode. About the Klingon named Klang? That would be um, Broken Bow? You are correct. Uh, Adam has one. Moving on. The Communicator, Season 2, Episode 8, Production Number 208, Original Air Date, November 13th, 2002. Directed by James A. Contner, Story by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga, Teleplay by Andre Bermanis, Music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Francis Guinan as General Gosis, Tim Keller as Lieutenant Pell, Dennis Cockrum as Alien Barkeep, Brian Reddy as Dr. Timmick, and Jason Waters as Alien Soldier. <laughs> Upon returning from a research mission to a pre-warp alien planet, Reed discovers that his communicator is missing. After an extensive search, he realizes that he must have lost it somewhere on the planet. Hoshi manages to tap into the communicator's power, power signature and pinpoints its location near a tavern that Reed and the rest of the team visited. Archer knows the crew must retrieve the technology or risk contaminating the planet's pre-warp society. So Archer and Reed return to the planet. If they really think we are spying for this alliance, perhaps we should consider telling them the truth. I'm not sure anyone would believe us. The Communicator. Of the three episodes we're discussing today, I think um, this is probably the, the one that I prefer. Um, and I think it's more to do with a general thing than anything else. What I found interesting in this episode was you know, once they're down there and they've been arrested, you know, and at first you kind of Reed suggests, maybe we should tell the truth. And Archer thinks about it and he says, no, the less we say, the better. No telling how they'd react. Even later, they have, there's a couple more times when they have conversations about, about should we just tell them? I mean, how should, how should we play this? And, and even going to the very last scene between Archer and T'Pau, you know, what she says um, I thought it was interesting that this is probably an episode that would have, would have been very different on any of the other shows because I don't think they would have had most of these conversations on the other shows. Mostly, on, you know, by the time the other shows are happening, there was pretty much, you know, you knew how, the, how you were supposed to react mm-hmm. from the Federation. There, the guidelines were already out there. So you wouldn't have had these conversations. And without those conversations, there wouldn't have been much of an episode here. Mm-hmm. So... This is the rare episode that I think either just it just wouldn't have worked on the other shows. Um, it's not. I'm not saying it's some crazy awesome episode, um, but it it works, and I don't think it would have on the other shows. So we at least got a there was a conversation in this episode that that was uh, unique for Star Trek. Um, I couldn't help that I spent most of the time wondering like. What about transporters? I mean, nobody's even talking about transporters or something. Yeah. Just, just as an example. <laughs> um, but the other thing that was weird when I, I have to say, it really looked like a Stargate episode. I've never thought that watching a Star Trek episode of anything, but it sure looked like when they weren't dead on the planet, it looked a lot like Stargate. I watched all the Stargate shows. Mm. And that was funny to me because usually it's the other way around. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Star Trek copying Stargate. But, um, so what are your, some of you guys' first thoughts here? I, I do like this episode a lot. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, 
it's a really good leading up to the prime directive kind of episode you know if you were to screen like a whole lot of these that kind of give the history of mm-hmm. that yeah. notion and it's and of course and it doesn't have the cheesy we need to come up with a directive you know all this uh, crap prime, you know right. right it's it's just it just is obvious because that's the that's the point yeah. of it and it also dives right into there's not a whole lot of leading up to it i mean there's a little bit of oh gosh i think i've lost it what do we do kind of thing but it doesn't go on forever and uh they get down to it and uh um yeah and then there's and there's also some um a bit of character development for reed too because obviously he's got this whole kind of downer pessimistic thing going sure. and by the end you at least see signs that there's some improvement to that outlook so uh yeah i, I like it you know if you're gonna have this happen to anybody it's reed is it's the most having it happen to reed is the most interesting because he's the most by the book guy um for him to lose his communicator. But uh, Adam, what are some of your first thoughts? Um, but you know, wishing they had a remote fry button for the communicator. Remote <laughs> right, fry. Yeah. It's kind of like the <laughs> find your phone wiping it thing. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I figured they had um, something like that. Um, I did. I liked Yeah, I did like it. I think maybe if the, I don't know, I, mean, I couldn't suspend my disbelief. Just, I don't know, just the communicator. I don't know. Would you risk going back there just for the communicator? And contaminating it further. So, was there I, an episode I like, of the original series where they 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 left something like that? I don't know if it's a communic- I, just one thing. Yeah, somewhere. I remember when they were talking about this episode, or at some point, I heard something about this. That part of the inspiration for this was that um, piece of the action episode because right. at the end of it, so I think I lost my communicator. Left my communicator down there. The doctor says, you know, and it's just kind of left like that. But of course, that episode is entirely about cultural contamination, and they, they the structure yeah. builds the entire thing around someone leaving something behind years before. So, I mean, yeah, I like the idea. I like the conversations. Um, I think maybe I just had a little bit of, you know, trouble with the, with just the communicator part of it. I mean, I, it, it doesn't ruin the episode for me, and it doesn't ruin, like, the conversations and, and things and what they were debating on how to handle this. Um, you know what I had? Suspension of disbelief on? <laughs> that all the military guys there, they're like stormtroopers. They can't hit the broadside of a barn. <laughs> <laughs> you got, that, that, that battle sequence near the end, it was exciting. It was, this, is, this is something I don't, I'm, not, I'm normally not conscious of. I thought it was edited very well. There was so much stuff going on, and I always understood where everything was. The editing was very good. Um, it's a very exciting battle sequence. But you had all these Starfleet per- personnel, and every time they took a shot, you saw them hit something, yeah. and every time the military guys, they they didn't hit anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like Archer was right out in the wide open. He should. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a bit much. Um, but you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> um, let's see. The, the bit about Trip cloaking his arm was was cute. I haven't really seen that before. Um, Trip's been comic relief in the last two of Yeah, I know. So why do you think that transporters, they literally never even said, they, they never even gave us a made-up reason why they weren't going to try. Right. Well, I yeah. assumed, and it probably would be the made-up reason if they said it, was they simply don't have, they couldn't, I mean, since they couldn't narrow down exactly where it was beyond right. just that small block, how would you transport it back? Or, or you know, I guess, I guess you could drop people down there and then bring them back or whatever, but you still couldn't do it, bring just the communicator back because you couldn't locate it within a block or whatever, so... Well, if they got to the point where they were willing to 
land this vessel um, yeah. to rescue yeah. them? Wouldn't it have been slightly less um, intrusive to just transport? Because at that point, yeah, if you say, well, they don't know where they are to transport them. But by that point, they knew, obviously knew where they were. Right, right. It's true. True. There must have been some radiation in those walls. I couldn't penetrate. Right. They yeah. probably just wanted to do the whole cloaking thing and all the... The cloaking you know, ship. Yeah. They had to fill the episode up. If they transported them out, it would have been over a lot sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We do get a lot of shots of the shuttle pod, like, landing and things in these episodes. It'd be a funny thing. It'd be a lot of work, but it'd be a funny thing to take, like... Uh, Trek episodes, and if people always made the right decisions, how short they'd be. You know, like it wouldn't matter the length, you know, like there's a two minute episode or five or ten minutes, you know, it's like, no, 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 it just wraps up in the normal fashion. It's like, okay. Or how many episodes <laughs> there wouldn't even exist if you had, yeah, if you had all these admirals doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you guys like the. The aliens were certainly, well, I guess we were the aliens on that one. But anyway, the the the, the military guys were, um, they were certainly one-dimensional and one-sided as far as their incredible paranoia, and they were all the same, you know. And it didn't really matter what evidence was presented, that they were, you know, they were always just thinking, oh, these are our enemies, and maybe they've got great technology. But I mean, did you buy that? Was that a problem or no, or what? Do you like that? I did. It, I don't know. I guess I'm wondering if it 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 made them seem less uh, real or believable that they were so um, fixated in their beliefs and paranoid, one dimensional. Um, I don't think it bothered. I mean, I think maybe they were just trying to <clears throat> reflect um, human nature. You know, paranoia. There. Um, it's it wasn't as interesting as like saying when we had Dean Stockwell. He was an interesting character. Maybe if they just would have went with one adversary down there, that would have been more interesting. But yeah, that's a good point. They were a little bit. Um, they didn't have enough of a face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, any scenes you particularly liked in this episode? Well, the scenes you know with um, Archer and Reed are, are very good, where they're debating. Um, <laughs> what they're going to be dying about for and the scene at the end with, um, to Paul and Archer about, um, you know, him willing to sacrifice himself was a good scene. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like those moments too. I mean, we're, we kind of get close to maybe what they're, what it's about potentially, but that's yeah, kind of, it's, it's interesting. The whole notion of what they're saying is, okay, we're going to die for this, you know, and it's the first time anyone stepped up to Paul was surprised they were willing, you know, all that. So, so is that so? Go ahead. What's it about? Yeah, well, I think it's it's the this the notion of sometimes you know you you can have values that are so strong that you're you're willing to give your life for them or give the life of people around you for them, even though you're not necessarily saving a life or you can't just pinpoint it. Even if the even if the people you're saving never even know you saved them, you know, and that's well, kind of what they're implying. Let me ask this then. This all happened because. They they just wanted to observe this culture. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, you could, with less detail, of course, but you could observe them from orbit, right? Well, I record like, this in why, my notes too. I, I what is it? Is it? Is it? And, and and I'm not I'm not saying this to to knock the episode. I'm 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 asking legitimately about. The, it, it, I guess that we're saying that the Federation puts 
they put such high emphasis and value on learning about these other cultures uh, that it's something that they're willing to risk. People have to be willing to risk their lives to do it. Yeah, and I and I wondered. I, I took notes on this, and that, I mean, you do see this in other series, but not as much. You have to think a little bit of this is there's not a, a protocol in place for just how far you go, because you think that if it could come to this, that you better have a really good reason to go down there. If the whole point is, hey, let's put on some makeup and go down and hang out for a while, and oh yeah, if we get caught, we might die. I mean, surely <laughs> someone starts thinking maybe we should, you know, consider, you know, reconsider this. Send a probe. Should consider just transporting a GoPro yeah. down to the top a drone. of the building, take a few pictures, and beam it back. Yeah, send a, send a drone down there. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, what's kind of funny about the one thing that you probably won't, if, if we ever do travel the stars, the one thing that you probably won't see in Star that'll probably be more realistic is there'll be more, like, probes and drones and things of like that, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's just... Right. It's for the drama because obviously now we have things that one probably, person probably couldn't even see that could just fly around and, you know, record everything and it'd be pointless to even send people, you know. So by 150 years from now, you know. Hmm. What do you rate, what do you guys rate the episodes today? Like, is it, where's this one? Um, this one probably has more to say than the other two. Um, yeah, I think this is number one for me. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I don't think there's you... like a dramatic. It's not like dramatically better than the other two. I would I would say. So you you guys, this is a good episode, a great episode, an average episode. I think better than average. Yeah, above average. Okay, so yeah, I would agree with that. I think this is like um, a. On paper, average episode, but because it actually is asking some questions, and because we have kind of a a, a, a a more specific answer for what it's about, as opposed to say the previous episode where we were like, well, they were kind of all over the map, and they had a lot of things they were trying to be about. This episode, I think it's about kind of one pretty clear thing, um, and having that focus, even though maybe in every other way the episode is is average, or just slightly above average, having that focus on meaning and what it's about and the questions that the question that it's asking i mm-hmm. think that is what elevates it today for me especially compared to the other two episodes and you know as i often uh remark just in case there's anybody new listening to our show um that is kind of the point of our show is to ask this question of what it's about and then you know the episodes where we have an answer for that it tends to be one that holds up better um and i would, I would probably say that about this episode not some great episode but uh, an important one um, in Enterprise, and Steve, like you said, an important one kind of um, in the history of the Prime Directive, which in some ways is the Federation, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from that point of view, an important historical episode for Star Trek. Okay, let's do Six Degrees for the Communicator. I believe Adam has one... Steve went first last time. Adam will go first this time. All right. Francis uh, Guinan plays General Gossis, the guy making all the smart decisions about these people that are obviously not aliens. In Voyager's sixth season, in the episode Live Fast and Prosper, 
he played Czar, one of three alien con artists impersonating Voyager crew members for profit. What three crew members were the con artists impersonating? The three crew members were... They were impersonating um, gods, right? Or fortune tellers of that? Stuff? No, they, they were impersonating three members of Voyager's crew. Oh, who are they? Imp- so you're asking me what? who are they impersonating on Voyager's crew? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, who are the Voyager crew members they were impersonating? Um, Paris, Taurus, and Tuvok. No. Steve? <laughs> Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. It seems like I could probably say one for certain. But how about um, uh, Janeway Chakotay and Tuvok? You got it, Janeway right. Chakotay, Tuvok. Nice. I remember the guy that played nice. Tuvok. The guy that played Tuvok was. was it was really funny looking because all three of them really, but they all they all looked uh, they all looked apart just enough that you could tell. But then they were like, you know, funny versions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a good episode actually. All right. Uh, let's see. That was Adam's question. Steve, uh-huh. Tim Kelleher, Kelleher plays Lieutenant Pell, the lieutenant in charge of hurting and executing the super soldiers. In Voyager's sixth season in the episode Survival Instinct, he played a Borg. Fill in the rest of his character's name. Four of nine, secondary adjunct of... Uh, what episode is this from again? Uh, the episode was called Survival Instinct. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to tell me his characters, his his, his, oh. his Borg name, which is I'm telling you half of it, and oh, I just want you to finish the name. Four of nine, secondary adjunct of mm, Unimatrix zero one. You are correct. All right, uh, Steve has two. Adam has one. Moving on. Singularity, season two, episode nine, production number two hundred nine. Original air date November twentieth, two thousand two. Directed by Patrick Norris, written by Chris Black, music composed by David Bell. Guest cast include Matthew Kaminsky as Cunningham. Enterprise has dropped to impulse in order to get a closer look at a black hole that's part of a terranary star system. As it will take them two days to get there, the crew has time for personal endeavors. Archer concentrates on writing a one-page prefix for a biography of his father, he also assigns Trip the task of making some adjustments to the captain's chair, and Reed hopes to work on a new security protocol while Hoshi takes over cooking duties for the ailing chef. I'm continuing my analysis of the condition that's stricken the crew. Without Dr. Flox's assistance, I'm not hopeful about reversing its effects. Singularity. Adam, why don't you kick us off on Singularity? <laughs> You know, I was kind of excited. I didn't quite remember this episode right off the bat um, till later. But um, when I heard Black Hole, I was kind of excited. I don't think we've ever, I don't think there's been a, a Black Hole episode. I was I was thinking about it for a while. I don't think that you guys can correct me. And you know, they start talking about Black Hole, Event Horizon, and then we don't ever see the black hole or it doesn't really have anything to do mm-hmm. with the episode yeah. and they could have done so many cool things with it and then it turns out that it's just emitting some radiation that makes the crew um, obs- um, obsessive over their their functions so real quick is like if, if they ever do which I'm sure they will do a t- another TV series down the line I look forward to a black hole episode because we know so much more about them now than we did even 10 years ago I think it could be a cool episode 
just a science episode really mm-hmm. so that was my first impression that i was disappointed it wasn't really a black hole episode this uh, this episode to me <laughs> this is like naked now but instead of making everyone horny everyone becomes buttheads <laughs> yes. right well and i, I and i and yeah. just objectively i think horny is more fun than buttheads yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah, See, I thought of this notion, too, about the comparison. I think the problem here is that, I mean, not to say Naked Now is the best thing ever or whatever, but comparatively, the, the issue is with Naked Now and the Naked Time, you know, in the original series, the, the what you do get out of that is you get some insight into the character, um, each character, because of what what comes out, you know, something individual. But in this case, everyone just gets... Obsessive. Whatever they were doing at the time, right? So just, everyone's yeah. just obsessive. So you don't know nothing of them, and yeah. it and it advances the whole arc in no way at all. And so it ends up just being kind of a dull place filler that doesn't do anything for anybody, to me. Yeah, today this is definitely the weakest of the three episodes today. I I don't I don't really care for this episode actually, um, for the exact reason you just said, Steve. Hmm. Even on the base level of what do I get from the characters there's there's really nothing nothing even on the fun science level just like you said Adam we don't get any of that stuff when they're when they're flying their desperate flight near the end which you know Looks uh, cool, but... I feel like I've seen that scene like 8 billion times in Star Trek but even then there's no black hole there <laughs> no it's, it's a bunch of rocks in, mm-hmm. yeah orange rocks um but they had an opportunity too with Archer's father about him. I mean, there was a lot of opportunity there to delve into that father-son relationship. Um, just missed the mark. That was it. one nice thing in seeing that in HD. At least I don't. I don't recall seeing it in letterbox standard definition. I don't remember being able when I first saw it broadcast. I don't remember being able to read it. Yeah, yeah. But high def, no problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing they planned ahead. I mean, they very easily could have just said, "Well, I don't can read this," and it's just gibberish <laughs> crap. You know. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah, they could have had fun with that. But um, I guess if if we're really trying, if we're really trying to pull something out of this, uh, we get a little bit of history of Red Alert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do they ever call it Read Alert? Because that that would be funny. I don't think so. I don't think they ever say that again. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and that's the thing. What's kind of sad here is that. There's so much – it gets dull because very early on you get kind of like, okay, I get it. You know, I get what they're doing and that's it. So you had all this waste of time where in reality you could have said something about the characters. You wouldn't have to go on very far to bring it – make something personal out of it. Yeah. Just bring something out of the past that's that's just plaguing them and they just start obsessing about this one thing or mistake they made or whatever. You know, I mean Archer's thing is personal. They could have easily twisted that and you could have done stuff with some of the others, you know, but no. Well – what makes it less forgivable here is so much of the time we see an episode that maybe isn't as good and you can see how in the heat of the moment, like, oh, my God, get the script together. Oh, my God, we're shooting tomorrow. We're shooting today. Finish that scene, you know, and all that kind of stuff. You see how some other things could happen. But this one, from the outset, from the drawing board, it's 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 what you were saying, Steve, as far as yeah. none of this is insightful to our characters. Mm-hmm. From from the first mention of this story, it would have been clear. That would have been clear, right. you know. So there was never. I I don't know what they were ever thinking as far as um, what this episode was going to be about. I, I have no clue how that ever 
would have happened. Yeah. Um, there's some there's some moments that I like. I like how demented Flox gets. Yes. And, and and he's about to lobotomize Mayweather. <laughs> uh, the Mayweather episodes would have been a little more interesting, I suppose. If he was, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, you know, and 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 T'Pol has to Vulcan neck neck pinch him. That's great. Mm-hmm. Oddly, like it was just it was a throwaway moment, but I I really love the section uh, when T'Pol goes down to the armory and she's talking with Reed, and then she's starting to realize that he's got a problem too. Mm-hmm. And then she looks down and sees that he's and she goes, Lieutenant, why are you armed? You know, I like the way that it just kind of changed the tone of the scene in that right. moment. You know, it just went from he, he he's got a problem to he's dangerous. You know, mm-hmm. I like that. It was a, it was a cool little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, that's really me just trying to pick pick stuff that I liked out of an episode that I thought was was not very good. Yeah, they could have given Tucker something better to do than redesign the chair. I think. Well, that it, that it was a mundane thing is, you know, that it was trivial was was at least what they were trying to do. I'm just disagreeing with, you know, that as spending a, as a, a whole yeah, having yeah. him spent the whole episode doing that. <laughs> this is also a good example of how you just can't um, take some kind of novel convention and fix stuff with it because this whole telling the story in retrospect bit, you know, that sometimes we see. And, you know, sometimes that really works. Sometimes it's the perfect thing to do. But if you just do that with something that's lackluster, all it does is make it seem like, oh, they're trying to polish a turd. I mean, that that, to me, that's what it seems like. Yeah, I had the same thought too. I kind of wondered if if that was added to try and spice it up uh, yeah, trying to try and save it, and and, it, and it, that definitely doesn't work. I mean, this episode isn't—I can't remember the name. The you know the 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 lady in the white dress running through the forest on the alien. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This episode isn't bad like that. You it's know, below it's not, average. This is a yeah, below average episode. But, I mean, it's not like crap, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it's it's not it's not good, and it's not insightful, and it's not very interesting. It has enough moments that I did not hate it, but um, you know, Enterprise second season without this episode would have not been wouldn't have missed a beat. Yeah, wouldn't have missed anything. Um, do you guys have anything for what this is about? When you think your chair is uncomfortable, just lower it by one centimeter. <laughs> You'd think you would have had a height adjuster on it already. Yeah, you'd think that, wouldn't you? No, I don't have anything. Yeah, there's not a lot there. Mm. Yeah, I don't have anything either. So, yeah, it wasn't like a couple weeks ago we had a night in sick bay, which, right. you know, that was that was it was. Pretty damn good episode. Uh, today is just three. You know, none none of today's episodes were great, and uh, and I hope our listeners find our analysis um, interest uh, more interesting than we found the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I always I always try to you know I I never want people to listen to our show and think they didn't like those episodes, so they didn't they weren't interested in talking about them, and, and it was boring. I don't ever want you to think that. It's always my goal. 
like I I feel like we got to the heart of why singularity didn't work. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Right. I think so. Um, and that makes it a worthwhile discussion. I hope. Okay. So let's uh, let's just move on to six degrees for singularity. Steve has two. Adam has one. Adam, are you going first or second? Um, I'll go second. Uh, obviously, this was a bottle episode. There were no guest stars, so I was unable to do our traditional six degrees, wherein we ask about different roles that these pe- uh, guest actors have played on different shows. So these are just general trivia type questions. Uh, Adam, how many black holes does Tapal say that Vulcan scientists have surveyed? Was it A, more than 200, B, more than 2,000, or C, more than 2 million? Did you say you want to go second? Yeah, um, you can oh, take sorry, questions. Steve. Go ahead, Steve go ahead and take it, Steve. Yeah, okay, Steve. so um, can you read the choices one more time? Sure. <clears throat> more than 200, more than 2,000, or more than 2 million? Is it uh, B? You are correct, more than 2,000. Adam, Reed spends much of this episode trying to come up with a name for his Reed Alert, which we will all eventually know as Red Alert. What is the modern Navy equivalent name for this state? The Navy equivalent of Red Alert? Um, (laughs) You can tell that I'm in the Navy. Was in the Navy. Um... (laughs) Um, I really have no idea. Go ahead. Go for Steve. it, Steve. Is it uh, um, condition red or? Nope. It's general quarters. Ah, okay. You'll right. hear them say sound general quarters. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think, an old term. I mean, it's still, it's still totally in use today, but I think it's been in use in the Navy for a long time. All right, folks. Uh, sorry this episode posted a couple days late. Uh, you know, if you look at our history, you'll see that that almost, if maybe has never happened, or at most happened once, like one day. So obviously it's very important to us to always post on time, and I assure you that uh, if it could have been helped, it would have, but it could not. It was unforeseen, and um, we hope everything is okay on the front that caused that delay, uh, as okay as it can be anyway. Um, so sorry for a couple days delay, but um, thanks for uh, waiting and thanks for spending an hour with us. You can follow us on Facebook. That's uh, facebook.com slash Trek Companion. Uh, our Twitter handle is at Trek Companion. And you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. And uh, we will be back at our regularly scheduled time for our next episode in which we discuss the next three episodes of Enterprise's second season. So, until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.